0: With George Cocalus and Virginia Dooley.
1: Hello. Hello, Gina.
0: Hello, everyone. How are you today?
1: <laughs> we are uh, during the second, second episode of the sixth season of Teacher's Coffee. And I don't know about you, I feel extremely happy. And I think our listeners also do feel the same. I hope so.
0: Of course. I'm really excited today because we have a very interesting guest who we'll be interviewing very shortly.
1: Absolutely. And not only that, he's not only a guest, he's a very good friend as well uh, of both of us and of course of Express Publishing. And we are talking about the international trainer, the guru tech, Russell Stannard. Russell, welcome to Teacher's Coffee.
2: Hi, guys. Lovely to see you both or to hear you both. And yeah, lovely to be here. Yeah.
1: Wonderful. I think the last time I was actually looking at the records of teachers Coffee and the last time that we talked, I think it was back in 2019, which makes it around three years ago. So a lot of things happened since then. So my first question will refer to the past. Obviously, we had pandemic, we had emergency remote learning, distant learning. We, we came to terms and we tried to get... Um, acquainted with all this new terminology. Uh, I don't want, you know, to go down this lane. Obviously, we all know what all these mean, but was there any lesson for the global teaching community after this pandemic?
2: yeah i mean i think there are quite a few lessons one of them is that obviously we weren't prepared and perhaps we need to be a bit more prepared in case something like that happens again i think there is we probably will be a bit more prepared i think the other lesson simply has been that it was a massive boost in people's awareness of what technologies could do people weren't even aware of things like zoom i mean i had a video on how to use zoom before the coronavirus it had been played about a thousand times by the time coronavirus kicked in. I think it had been paid half a million. So it gives really? you an indication of yet half a million times wow. within just a few weeks. So it just gives you an indication of suddenly and a whole awareness of lots of technologies that people didn't know about before that suddenly they realize, oh, wow, you can use this. You can use that. Word wall, Padlet, Zoom, you know, Microsoft Teams, many, many different tools. So yeah, I think it's really raised people's awareness of technologies. And obviously, it's had a massive impact on lots of things, not, not just in education, for example, remote working. I mean, a lot of people are not even going back to work anymore. They're mm-hmm. actually working from, from home. And so, yeah, I think it's had a huge impact. And it's particularly had an impact on education, definitely.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right. So the crucial question after all this is to tech or not to tech your lesson after all? And if yes, to what degree?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's an excellent question. It's probably the question that I get most asked the most. And I think uh, people are always a little bit surprised at my answer. Um, You know, when we look at technology, when we look at the impact of technology and what it can do, I feel that the majority of the impact is outside of the lesson. Uh, You're in the class You're with a student or with a group of students, you can get them working in pairs, you can get them working in groups, you can get them working with the book, you can get them moving around the class, you can get them coming to the whiteboard and writing things. You don't necessarily need to bring a lot of technology into a lesson to make it necessarily more interesting. You can have a really engaging lesson with a minimum amount of technology. I think where technology is useful in the class is particularly, say, um, in terms of input. So playing videos, playing audio content, I think it's obviously got a role there. I think it's also really interesting, um, perhaps in terms of little warmer activities and little digressions from the lesson, those little moments when you want to do something a little bit different. So those kind of tools like quizzes and car hoots and bamboozle, those sorts of things, they can be really good. But overall, I think what you need is a well-trained teacher that understands that language learning is about communicating and that, you know, they're good at presenting and explaining grammar and and setting up activities that get the students interacting. And you don't necessarily need a lot of technology to do that. So principally, I would say, you know, yes, there are moments when I use technology in the class, but overall, where I think technology can be interesting is outside of the class. Now outside of the class is a different ball game because suddenly we have an opportunity now to set activities that perhaps 20, 30 years ago, we could have never, I mean, I first taught in Greece, in Crete, and there's, you know, for homework, all I could really ask my students to do was do an exercise from the workbook, maybe write an essay, Uh, maybe if I was lucky, you know, study some vocabulary, but really, I couldn't set the types of activities that I can do now. I could ask my students, for example, to go home and collaborate on a work on a, on a, let's say, for example, in a Padlet or even record themselves speaking, which I've done many, many times. So what we can do with the time outside of the classroom, first of all, in terms of the activities that we set as teachers, is just incredible. And I include in that the platforms that go along with these books because they're great. I've had the experience of learning Polish And again, it's all to do with the homework. You know, I had my lessons, but the teacher was setting us activities to do on the platform at home. So I had audio and video and grammar. I got immediate feedback. So I think that really where we should be focusing on the impact that technology can have in terms of what we call extramural activities that is what the student can do outside of the lesson and I'm, li- I'm living proof of that because I'm living that at the moment with my, my studies in, in, in Polish I'm really noticing just how you know how powerful the types of activities that I can now do because technology is around, watching videos on YouTube, making use of the platform, studying from Quizlet, all these sorts of things that 25, 30 years ago I just couldn't have done. So that's for me where technology can have an impact.
1: So if I'm allowed to recap, could it, could could I actually, could we assume that maybe Flip Classroom uh, might be uh, an answer to this question? Because what you have described is. More or less exactly the core of Flip Classroom. Assign something outside the classroom, uh, usually connected to technology, and again, when you come back, you check it with your, with the teacher. Was that more or less what you said?
2: Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why the, the, the Flip Classroom hasn't been a fad. It's actually turned into something really quite genuine where a lot of people are working on those ideas. And I was really lucky because I'd done a little bit of work very early on and I was actually invited out to America and I was at a kind of flip classroom convention and, and some of the big names were there. And, you know, I really started to realise, wow, yeah, this is looking at that issue from a very clever angle. In other words, let's make... The use of the class time to do the most interesting types of activities that we can do in class, which can be perhaps group work, pair work activities, bringing knowledge together, processing knowledge. We can do a lot of the prep work at home. Now, one thing, though, that you said that's slightly wrong. And I'm telling you this now from sort of like um, 10 years of training people in the flipped classroom. What we really want to do is not that the students do something for homework and then we check it when it comes into the class. No, they do something for homework and we use it for an activity in the class. So George, you know, you might say it could be something as simple as saying, okay, guys, I want you to watch this video at home and think about these questions. And then when you come into the classroom, immediately you put the students into group and say, right here on the whiteboard, here's the questions that you were meant to think about. I want you to discuss them. And then I want one person from each group to come back afterwards and give me a kind of recap of what the group said. So immediately you've moved from an activity that you were doing for homework and brought that straight into the class and began to work with it. So it's not necessarily that you say, right, okay, guys, let's check your homework. No, use the homework. I often say as like a diving board for what you're going to do in the lesson. That is the flipped classroom at its best. It's not always easy to do that. It does take a little bit of planning and thought, but I absolutely agree with you. The flip classroom is an excellent model of making the best use of technology for what technology can do and the best use of the classroom time for what the classroom can offer.
1: Absolutely. And if I may confirm, this is exactly the feedback we've been receiving from our users from our own platform, Digibooks, which can serve as a bedrock, uh, not only for remote learning, but for many, many flipped activities. And many teachers confirm this in action from from experience. Um, All right. Now, you you mentioned in the introduction uh, about your training videos and how popular they were during the pandemic. Let's get the worst case scenario and let's assume that, not assume, let's um, assume that, some, yes, a teacher is in 2022, but still he or she doesn't have all the necessary tech skills in order to go uh, online or teach online. How can a teacher today accelerate his or her CPD uh, on technology?
2: I think it's a really important point because I know lots of governments now are kind of pushing that agenda. And, you know, lots of different institutions are looking at that and sort of saying, well, OK, I mean, I think as a, one of the things that I've been focusing on myself, and and encouraging teachers to do is to look at the fundamentals. I think one of the things is sometimes we get carried away with all these little apps that are available online. I read an article the other day that says there are 400,000 educational apps. There's no way, you know, that you're even, even going to start to learn those. So really what you should be doing is focusing a little bit more on The kind of fundamentals now if we go back to what I was saying about the use of technology one of the biggest things that we can do is impact on our students on what they do outside of the classroom and so what I suggest is is you know let me try to paint a kind of picture of what I mean so in my Polish classes there I was in the class okay, and we were, um, you know, having a kind of fairly traditional lesson. The teacher wasn't really using a lot of technology apart from videos and audio, okay, but where the teacher really had an impact was what they could guide us to do outside of the class. Now, in my case, I was kind of lucky because I knew about things like YouTube. I knew how to search for content on YouTube. I knew how you can search, for example, for videos that have got um, subtitles. I knew how you can slow the video down. I knew how to make playlists, etc. But other students in our class didn't know that and so that the teacher actually said to me, well, Russell, could you just show us all how to do that? Now, what I would be suggesting is that teachers should build up skills in things that they can then transfer to their students. Because if you build up knowledge of things like Quizlet, working with YouTube, using the platform, you can pass this on to your students and say, well, look guys, you know, this is how you use the platform. Uh, your one is Digibooks, yeah? So this is, this is how you use Digibooks, and this is what you could get out of Digibooks, and this is how you could use it. I would be really focusing knowledge around the key tools that are really gonna impact on our students' learning. Because my feeling is that really language learning takes place outside of the class. It's all the work that the students do outside of the class. Now, of course, we need to up our skills in the class as well. So there are certain things that we need to have knowledge of. But particularly, I would be looking at building up my skills with the the plan that Knowing those things, how to use YouTube, how to use Quizlet, how to use Google Translate, how to use the platform, I can then pass that on to to my students. So, you know, I think I've hopefully I've answered your question. You know, you were talking about sort of the skills, etc. Where do you find them? Well, you need to do a course, you need to look on YouTube. You know, if, if you're going to upskill you, you you need to make use of my of my of my videos. What I've been doing a lot more work now on recently in terms of the training is saying to teachers: Look, forget the four hundred thousand apps. Let's focus on the things that really are going to impact and support and help our students to develop their learning. I don't know if I've answered your question, George. One hundred percent. Even yeah. the next one, Zina's question. <laughs> <laughs>
0: of course, but there's so much um, information and different apps yeah. that you can use out there, or tools that it's difficult, you know, to pick and choose and select which ones can actually be be helpful in in your classroom and actually help students develop a specific um, skill set. Let's say. So, do you do you see remote uh, learning as a fo- as a fostering environment for technology that may eventually prevail?
2: Uh, no, no. I mean, I think, you know, there are different, there are, there, there are certainly contexts in which remote learning and pure remote learning can be great. You know, I run online courses. Uh, with teachers all over the world. And, and, and that works. You know, we have, we have webinars and then there's content for them to do and there's tasks to do. And they're busy teachers. It would be difficult for them to meet up with me on a regular basis or and perhaps fly all the way over to Poland or to England to do a course with me. So I think in certain circumstances, remote courses can work really, really well. If you've got motivated uh, students, they understand the parameters of the course. The big problem there is, is course design. Is learning to produce a good course. That's that's the biggest problem now. So yeah, I think remote learning has got a place. As far as language learning is concerned, I still think you know being in a classroom uh, is a great thing. You know, I I, I mean obviously I've done what I've done go to go to, to to Poland and study in a in a school. You know, and be in a classroom. Now I learn at the moment. I'm not in the school. I am actually learning Polish remotely. In other words, I have classes and then I do homework you know it's an option but there's there's still a lot to be said for being in a classroom and certainly when I was in the classroom in terms of motivation the connection with the other students the fact that the you cannot get your questions answered instantly the fact that you can do so much communication when you're in your class you can do pair work and group group work I still think the classroom's got a big big role to play definitely does that answer your question, Gina? Yeah.
0: Yes, yes, of yeah. course. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I think uh, language learning in the classroom uh, cannot be replaced um, with uh, digital or online learning. It can to some degree, but uh, I don't think it's as um, efficient, let's say, for all aspects. Um, But yeah, I couldn't agree more.
2: Yeah, I mean, I you know one one of the things that's massive in the classroom is the pure motivation of being with other learners and being with your teacher and the energy that that creates. It's hard to replicate that when you're not in the classroom. I have online classes and I have online classes in a group. There's no way that I feel the same level of energy after those lessons uh, if I compare that to the experience when I was studying in 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 a class, especially if you've got a good teacher. I, mean, I had a great teacher. No, no technology, but loads and loads of group work, pair work. I love my lessons. You know, three hours, constant language, all in Polish. It was really, really an, an interesting learning experience and one that's very hard at the moment to replicate online. Mm-hmm.
1: Guys, that's that's wonderful, and uh, I totally agree. However, I think I need to express a more realistic. Um, view. And maybe this can be my next question, Russell. We talked about lessons in the beginning. And I think one of the most important lessons was that um, sometimes there might be a moment where we have absolutely no control over the situation and we are simply rushed into a certain context. So um I know and I can see the benefits of both remote and face-to-face, but if I would ask you how you see the future. What do you think is going to happen? Because let's face it, energy is a, is a very big issue. It may even affect education. Two years ago, it was Corona. Who knows um, what's going to happen? But I would like your opinion about the future. How do you see this uh, future um, being developed, provided there might be another disruption? I don't know. It seems to be imminent or coming in a way. What would be the future?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's very obviously, you know. Let, let's keep it to language learning. I mean, one of the of course, are, yeah. Okay, so I think okay, some of the some of the consultancy roles that I'm playing with various organisations and a little bit of where perhaps say let's let's talk about higher education a little bit first, right? Because mm-hmm. I've got quite a lot of experience in that area at the moment. I've done some work with language schools as well. But one of the things is it almost comes back a little bit to this kind of flip mode, but different ways of doing that flip mode. In other words, they're looking at better use of time, better use of space. And they're sort of they're saying, for example, well, it might be possible. I'll give you a simple example. You know, students come over, they do a block of work in a university studying a subject and then they go away and then the rest of it they're doing online. So in other words, it might end up being kind of like a a kind of blended version of learning. But in in block mode, blocks of time in school, blocks of time when you're online. So let's take, for example, my Polish lessons. Maybe I fly over to Krakow. I do a course for for three weeks or four weeks. And then the rest of the time, I'm actually studying online. Yeah. And I don't necessarily need to be there. So there's lots of these kind of different ways of looking at how we link the use or or we take the best of the classroom and the best of technology. I think it's really important to make this point because where we, you know, a lot of teachers are pretty good in the classroom. They've been well trained. They, uh, you know, they've got experience. They know how. where they're still lacking is in what specifically they can show their students and help them with what they can do outside of the class. A lot of teachers, when I do presentations, I say to them, Well, do you know that you can do this in YouTube? I mean, I just did a presentation the other day at IATEFL, and you know, most of the people in the room admitted, Oh, I didn't know you could do that. And so hmm. I'll say to them, Well, how how then are you going to be able to help your students to learn more effectively outside of the classroom if you don't know? those things. So looking to the future, I do really think that it's a lot of the focus has to be there. The classroom, I don't think we necessarily have to talk about a revolution in the way we deliver our teaching and learning. If you're a good teacher, you're a good teacher and you can be really effective. And yeah, technology can play a role. But what we really do need to look at is what we're getting in terms of value out of the time outside of the classroom. That's why the flipped classroom is such a good idea. As far as the future is You know, that would be the way I would be looking to go is to be more effective in what we do with the, or in how we help our students in terms of their autonomous learning. I think that that's a really, really big thing. As far as the pandemic is concerned, if another pandemic comes around, well, hopefully we will be better prepared another time around. But immediately you put people into webinars. Okay, so you've got 30 students, 25, 30 students in the class, and you're suddenly in a webinar. As things stand, that is never going to be as effective way of delivering a lesson as it is if you've got those people in the classroom. We don't know where the technology might go, George. There's lots of talk about kind of, you know, the virtual virtual environment and how how it's going to be much better in the future. But as things stand, that certainly is not the case. And even when I've done a couple of these practice virtual environments, kind of scenario, I've been invited along to see some technology on occasions, it's still got a long way to go, instead, and, and whether or not it will ever, you know, for me still, the classroom is really, really powerful. And every time we have a pandemic, and every time we have uh, a, that sort of situation, we're going to lose something. We're going to lose that, that that special element that is the classroom. That's my feeling.
1: Wonderful. Um. We had a great, um, uh, how can I say it, uh, a hit and a great you know, success in the first episode because we introduced a new section. Actually, that was Dina's idea about the uncomfortable question of the interview. So uh-huh. our okay. last question is going to be a little bit of a surprise and a little okay. bit, hopefully, won't cause an inconvenience. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, I'm sure you're going to like it. So Gina, would you like to?
0: All right. So... The uncomfortable question is, describe a time when technology was not on your side during an online lesson and how you dealt with it.
2: Yeah. Oh God, (laughs) Um, and this has happened to me on on a number of occasions, okay? So, um, I mean, I can actually think of quite a few. I'll tell you one because there's a nice little story behind it, okay? So when I first came back to the UK in 1999 to, uh, to the year 2000, the technology was just beginning to get moving, yeah. And kind of very early on, I started teaching Spanish. I was teaching Spanish at this time; I wasn't teaching English. So, and I had um, a group of students, and I wanted to get them to do a speaking activity for homework. And you can imagine, then this was seriously radical. Mm -hmm. okay you know the technology that we were going to use was very basic and it was it was literally to kind of I gave them an example in the class I got them prepared to do this uh, to do this particular technology and then I said right your homework is to record yourself speaking about yourself I want you to talk about your typical day and then you're going to send me the link to the recording and I mean, the, why did the technology let me down? Well, so many of the students have problems actually doing it because this is way back and some of them had a certain browser that it worked with and others had another browser that it didn't. But then the other problem was that the students were just simply not interested in doing this. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, they're like, why are we gonna record ourselves for homework? And so when it, when it came to the week later, one student in the class had done the recording and all the others hadn't, okay? <laughs> Now, there's a real lesson here because, see, the thing is, I knew that getting my students to record themselves and do speaking activities for homework was a good thing. And so even though only one student had done it, I actually took that recording, played it in the class. I got the student to tell what the experience was like of preparing that recording and doing it. And I carried on. With that idea. And I did it again and again and again. And eventually, I never got everyone on board, by the way, but eventually quite a few of the students were doing these recordings on a regular basis. I was setting them about every two or three weeks, basically at the end of every unit. And I think there's a bit so it let me down. The technology let me down, the motivation enthusiasm of the students also let me down. But there was a, there was a for me, there was a kind of uh a rule there or a lesson to be learned there, and that is if I as a language learner myself and as someone who knows a little bit about language learning believe that something's really going to impact on my, lear- on my students learning sometimes you just have to push it through and you're going to get resistance but then sometimes you have to say to yourself I think I know a little bit more about language learning than you do hence the reason I only speak a few languages listen, guys, we should try and do this and push on with it. Because I think sometimes teachers give up. They try something out. Something goes wrong. so all right, I'm not going to do that again. But if you really think that that idea that you've got is going to impact on your students' learning, then you really should push on forward and, and, and try and do it again. Persevere, because that's the way that you bring these new ideas into your classroom and you can really impact on what your students do. I hope that's a decent answer to your question. It's a
1: wonderful answer with a great morale and didactic value as well.
0: Yes, of course. I don't know how I would have dealt with it if I only had one. Had you promised from before that you would play the recordings in the class? No, no.
2: And I was obviously hoping it was a really interesting question. And I was obviously hoping that more people and it did take a while. I'm not even saying that the next time that there were you know two or three, but by by the end I got a good 70% of the students. There were a few that just completely refused, older students that were just not interested in using technology. But 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 I did get most of the people on board and people could see the value of the idea. Yeah. That's
0: that's the most important bit anyway. Wonderful. So, yeah. There you go. Well, that was um, very interesting. Thank you for sharing your views um, on the latest technology trends with us. Um, George?
1: We wish you all the best, Russell. Uh, It was a great pleasure to have you here. Well, uh, until next time, because I can tell you, you have reserved a place here. Uh, We want you like a regular guest at Teachers Coffee, update us. And I'm sure there's going to be more coming regarding technology. There's going to be more developments that they will need your comments, your insights, and uh, we're going to be here to listen to them anytime. So thanks again.
2: Lovely. Cheers, guys. Lovely to see you both.
1: All the best.
0: Thank you.